I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt, and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello. You join us here in the library of TNE Towers where dreams are made and many a tryst has been held. And, and planes are circling overhead <laughs> at the moment. I don't know whether they are... Are they Russian? Are they MiGs? Are people tweeting from, directly from the cockpit I think about that Brexit? Be the case. So if you hear a rumble in the background, that is uh, Russian jets. It could just be me. Yeah, oh dear. Let's get back to um, Russia in a little while. We're going to do the news first. We will then speak with Jerry, who's um, particularly upset about some of the... Brexit media this week, and then we will crown our Brexiteer of the week. But first, Steve, they're back together. They're together again. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Like a terrible cop, buddy cop movie from the 1980s. Yes. Turncoat and Hooch. Yes. Etc. Etc. Boris and Gove. Boris and Gove. They're back. They're back. Gove is like sort of the Will Smith, Nick (laughs) Nolte figure, isn't he? Danny Glover. Yeah, and, and Boris is just—he's crazy, isn't he? Maverick. He ruffles up his hair. He's the maverick. He's always handing in his badge and his gun. He's always getting into scrapes, isn't he, with the captain? I imagine he is. Yes. Oh no! Oh, again. I've incorrectly arrested this man for being a drug dealer. Oh no! I've incorrectly <laughs> named this woman as a, some news training journalist in Iran. Yes. <laughs> but the difference will be. That in the buddy movies, it usually all turns out all right in the end. It does, but not in this case. Not in this one. Um, They're back together. How, it's incredible, isn't it, that Gove and Boris are back together and have written this letter telling Theresa May exactly what they think she should do. When, I mean, it wasn't too long ago, was it, that it, Michael Gove said, Boris Johnson cannot provide the leadership or build the team for the task ahead. Yes, I mean, it is an extraordinary... And it makes me wonder if they have shared goals. Shared, well, I think they do, don't they? Yeah, they well, both want to be Prime Minister. Well, That's one of them. Well, we know now, of course. They don't want Philip Hammond to be Prime Minister. No. That's another one. We know now that Michael Gove um, is perfectly well-suited to be the next Chancellor yes. because he uses long words and economicy. Sounding, he does, yes. Language, he does. That's how. That was basically his pitch. Look, I, I've read, I've read the FT this morning. Yeah, he said something like fiscal. He's, he did, yeah. Um, and he also was praised, wasn't he, as sort of providing the intellectual rigor 
of the partnership in a, <laughs> uh, in, a in a piece in the Daily Mail, which which um, which readers of Private Eye will have learned was was, was the result of a briefing by Michael Gove. <laughs> he basically went, "I'm the brains, and he yeah. is the brawn of this." Yes. operation yes. so well yeah. it is an extraordinary thing that they are they're back and and they are a team again it's, ama- it's just amazing isn't it i mean even when you know some of the some of the the some of the off the record briefings um given by members of team gove were were very uncomplimentary about Boris Johnson, weren't they? Um, uh, when he sort of torpedoed, go torpedoed his leadership mm. bid and then yeah. launched his own pathetic leadership bid. Yeah. And and I was reading this morning, re- I was reading back something that David Laws had said, uh, and maybe it's even in David Laws's book where where he said that you know when they were in the coalition together, Gove made no secret of the fact. Well, let, let me let's. He, he said he, without being too indiscreet. I don't believe Gove ever considered Johnson to be remotely qualified. He was only reasserting his long-standing view of the former London mayor and not displaying some short-term ruthlessness. Yeah. So he clearly, Gove had, uh, what Laws is, is implying is that Gove had said to him that he thought Boris Johnson was not very good all those years ago. Yeah, but is this Gove thinking Boris is the best chance, is probably the best place to be the next leader and probably best place to you know, see off Corbyn? Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does Gov really? Does Gov really still harbour? He'll tell you no a million times, of course. But does he still harbour leadership ambitions himself? Do you think? Well, I think that. I think he probably secretly does. I think yeah. probably all politicians do, yeah, don't they? That's true. If they're from councillor upwards. Yes, exactly. Um, and but I think that what is in it for them is they have got to somehow make this look good, haven't they? They've got to have yeah. control of this because. They are the they are the, the the two figures with with most to lose as the as the real figureheads of the of the Leave campaign. Absolutely, they they certainly are, and so it is a very very tricky thing this for for, for Michael Gove, um, because uh, this angered hugely David Davis. It did, but he's denied that he was furious, but plainly he is furious. Well, I know, but, uh, you know, I blame him frankly. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got every right to be, hasn't he? Well, he has, yeah, and it can't have improved. Imagine that that you know he said Gove said that him and Johnson were in deep freeze, but imagine what happens when the two of them meet bloody Hammond there. Yeah, what must that be like? And you know, to come out a week before the budget as yeah. well, and 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 then obviously, so this happened, didn't it? This letter was um, was obviously sent to Theresa May last week or last weekend, and quickly followed up by oh, totally. Coincidentally, followed by Nick Timothy writing a mm. a piece, just knifing Hammond in the face, yeah, uh, yeah. in the sun, and yeah. saying that he wasn't bold enough. That's think... Nick. That's Nick Timothy, who came up with the dementia tax. <laughs> by the way, that was his bold thinking. Oh, and the and the snap election. That was his other bold thinking, wasn't it? He's not and then he ran the the election campaign. Not had a good uh, bold nine months or so. Poor old Nick, has he? Be bold. Um, the bud- touching on the budget there, it's it's all make or break for Hammond, and um, I think has have Boris and Gove and those movements against Hammond. Then will they embolden the Prime Minister to 
to get rid of Hammond, do you think, if this is a bad budget? Or even if it's not, because there's lots of talk that it actually doesn't matter. He's, he, you know, people want rid of him now and it's well, time to go. they obviously want rid of him, but you know, there has to be some balance in that cabinet, surely. And who are the other credible... You know who are the other credible faces of remain in that or, or ex remain in in that cabinet? It's Amber Rudd. Yeah, that's it. Really, and that's isn't it. it. Amber Rudd with a tiny, you know, a tiny majority. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's, but the, no cabinet can go on like this. I mean, no. it, it, we've been saying it for weeks. Is there some more sort of aggression shown by one cabinet member to yes. another or two in this case? And you know, it, it, Hammond cannot. Go on like this, surely. Well, surely the whole cabinet can't go on no, like this. No. I mean, the, I, I suppose the ideal situation scenario for Hammond is that it is an unexpectedly bold and successful budget, yeah. and something that they can all rally behind, and this all goes away. And I'm sure that's what Theresa May would like. Um, but that's, I mean, number ten off the record are talking about potential flashpoints that the prime minister has to get through yes to survive yes the budget is the first one mm-hmm. the the eu um summit in december is the, is the next one yeah and uh and they're not looking too far beyond that but they they said it, they'll it's be very wise, yeah, isn't it they'll be very pleased if she can get to the local elections in may next year yes um i would be pretty surprised if she does at this rate but um and well, i think would, yeah the, the, i think the flashpoint actually is that eu summit where if she wants it, the negotiations to get back on track. She needs to open her purse, yes, and get some of well, our she money. Does, out. Yeah. yeah, but that will be very unpopular with Boris and exactly, Gary, won't it? exactly. It's not going to go down well in the in the press either. Well, I'll ask not. Jerry about this in a little while, but yes, or you know, the, the Brexiteers aren't going to like that, whatever it is, however much it is. But she's got to find that balance that it's enough that the EU like it and the Brexiteers think it's but it's impossible. It is really, it is really impossible. Um, but yet, the incompetence of people who are surrounding her is is sort of playing well into Theresa May's hands, isn't it? Well, you know, yes. Hammond is, is sort of neutralised as a threat. Amber Rudd, I don't think, is a is a credible threat. Although I think she she's a really good performer on TV, isn't she? Which, yeah, she's which quite a yeah. lot of them aren't. But I don't think she's a credible threat because of her very small majority. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Gove is Gove. Yeah, uh, and Johnson is. Just increasingly discredited, you know. When you look at the, just look at the at the YouGov last, uh, sorry, this week, you know, Johnson among Tory voters is now way behind uh, Rees Mogg. Yes. Um, as as uh, Theresa, May, I think Theresa May is, is way out in front. You know, if you fa- factor in no change, uh, then Theresa May would be well way out in front. Boris is way behind Rees Mogg. His net favourability rating. Uh, with the general, uh, with with Tory voters, is down twenty three points since mm. September, yeah. and his net favourability with the general public is minus thirty. It's, yeah. He's he's really, but unpopular. he perhaps doesn't need the Tory voters, and he perhaps doesn't need the general public. He needs the MPs. Well, that, yes, that's it. He only he only needs that. Yeah, um, but it is a risky, it's a dangerous game for for for, for Michael Go. And 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 look, let's not forget that while it's all very well to author this, and it was, I mean, let's not go into the the, the details, but it was a weird mixture 
of um, of brown nosing, wasn't mm. it, and saying how bold Theresa May's vision was mm. and how correct she was, mm. and then sly knifing of um, of Philip Hammond and yeah. saying that people, you know, were, were, were not showing the, the, the necessary cojones. Uh, uh, but at the same time, they were putting this this weird letter together. Johnson had had, had caused this enormous balls up uh, uh, in Iran. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with, with uh, Nazanin uh, Zagari Ratcliffe, uh, and then Gove, who was was forced to, to defend him, oh god, uh, and and couldn't say what she was doing in in um, in Iran in the first place. It's, it's, literally, I, I sat and watched it, and it was the simplest question. Yes, to it was very very easy, really simple. So be, so, so to save the skin of his new mate. Yeah. His old, old and new mate. Yeah. You know, he he was not prepared to give an answer, and, and he, in fact, he gave an answer which was, which was potentially very, very damaging. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, so they are the the people that are, you know, the, the the people who are vying to succeed Theresa May and are really not making a, a a great fist of this either, are they? No. No. Okay. Um, it's been a busy week in in Parliament, obviously, yes. with the withdrawal bill. Being up for two days. What of was discussion. your favourite bit? Well, Ken Clark's speech was good. Yeah, it was great, it? wasn't it? Looking at rebellions more broadly, there is going to have to be some some compromises here from from Theresa May, isn't there? She's not going to win all of the um, the amendment votes as easily as she did this week. Well, it wouldn't. That wouldn't seem to be the case. And the uh, and the sort of the you know the the, the very the very obvious. Trick and con job that David Davis has proposed. Oh my goodness! Uh, which is which is obviously you will get a meaningful vote, but if you vote against what we the, the deal that we come up with, it will be a no deal. Yeah, it's it's just ludicrous, and and I think uh, Chris Leslie, who's who's been the author of loads of these yeah. amendments, yeah. called it a con trick or a con job, a con trick. It's not even a very good con, though. It's a, it's all. I mean, a, a child, a small half bright child could see through this it took it took the house a few minutes but they did in the end realize did, what was yeah. going on um, as i say a small half bright <laughs> child could have seen through it much quicker it is an extraordinary extraordinary thing for him to do firstly why bother why just why bother it just makes him look stupid really in yeah. my opinion did he think that everyone would go stupid oh Oh, we're getting a meaningful vote. Did you think that everyone would just go away happy? Yes, I think no. I think he probably didn't, and no. he, he probably knew that. Yeah. It, you yeah. know. So I think that you know the next stages of this, as they concede and give a little bit, are going to be very, very interesting. Parliament is basically a bystander with regards to that. Yes, it is, and that's why the Kenneth Clark speech, um, and like many, you know, like a, a lot of people on the left, I, I, you know, Kenneth Clark's always been my favourite. Tory. Mm. Um, I, thought you just, I thought that was the end of your sentence. Well, it's always been my favourite, my <laughs> little favourite. Yeah, um, you know anybody who like who likes the album art Pepper meets the rhythm section uh, is is okay by me. But when he said, you know, it's the duty of Parliament to debate these things because people on the Leave side didn't expect Leave to win and so paid no attention to what the practical, legal, yeah. economic and business implications of what leaving actually meant, and it's the duty of Parliament to, to debate that, yeah. that's what is being taken away, isn't it? That's, that's what is not being offered. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it and just saying me. the people voted to leave is not that fine. You know, fine, the people did vote to leave, but 
it doesn't that doesn't mean I think we all accept that that doesn't mean just going tomorrow with nothing in place. And what about this bloody ridiculous exit date? Oh. Did you see Frank Field saying that it should be midnight and not Yes. Like, what the f- Well Frank Field's whole speech was remarkable. <laughs> um um I don't know whether it made the newspaper this week but we certainly had a very good letter in uh, and if it isn't in the, in the new European newspaper this week, it'll be in next week from from somebody who was watching that. And Frank Field made a remarkable speech where he talked about himself as a reluctant Brexiteer. I don't know if you saw much of this. Obviously, the thing that got the most headlines was when he he said to um, to to Hillary Benn, "I've paid for all of my houses." Oh yes, <laughs> which was frankly pathetic. Uh, but it didn't make a good meme out of yeah. um, out of David Lammy's reaction. But he 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 said um, he was a reluctant Brexiteer because he he said that he didn't listen to. He read all of the he read all of the reports that indicated that you should vote to remain, but then discounted them completely and went for what was in his heart. Well, he's always been known as a blue sky thinker. Yeah, he probably should have done more thinking. Shouldn't yeah, he? he should have done. Yeah. Yes, that was that was fairly extraordinary, wasn't it? And it and, was. and this you know this leave this absolute leave date is another nonsense, isn't it? It's rem- it's it's amazing. Having locked ourselves into Article Fifty, that date in the first place, we, we, you know, we, 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 we did, we went into that, giving ourselves far too early and gave ourselves no wriggle room, no. you know, and it, it's been, it's another ludicrous decision, isn't it, by, by Theresa May, who's attempting to draw these red lines, um, uh, to regain some of her authority. It's madness. Uh, now, there, it seems that the jets have been called back to Moscow. They have, yeah. But have the probably bots... got some tweeting to do. Yes. So we found out, haven't we, this week that, and I don't obviously, I, 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 this is not a, this is not the beginning and the the end of of the matter, but but it's been discovered that at least four hundred and nineteen Russian Twitter accounts operate, but not just. Some bloke in St. Petersburg. These all these four hundred and nineteen Twitter accounts were all operating from the Russian Internet Research Agency, which is controlled by the Kremlin. Yeah, and they have pumped out forty-five thousand messages about Brexit in forty-eight hours. Now, our chums at Leave EU are actually quite pleased about this because only six thousand of the messages, and they're actually saying about four thousand of them, but it seems to be around six thousand of them were in the 24 hours before the referendum and the other ones were, the other uh, 39,000 um, were ones crowing about the result the day after yeah. the referendum. Yeah. But the important thing to remember, as you know, the Times said this, they broke the story and they said this in, a, in, a, in an editorial which, <clears throat> and much more eloquently than I could, could say this as, as the preceding 20 minutes of this podcast have, have just proved, <laughs> is that the... What bots do um, is that they drown out real opinion by real people. They drown out real voices with a wave of effluent, mm. and it is taunting yeah. of people that they don't agree with. It's racist content, incendiary mm. content, ab- just abuse. Mm. And it gives people who are on Twitter and Facebook a distorted view of what the whole picture Things. Yes. Yes. Um, so, 
you know, so so, but we know it is it is extraordinary that you know, even if it's six thousand messages, if it's even if it's six messages, if a Russian government agency, which is what um, which is what the the uh, R A is effectively, is spending time um, pumping out messages, pro Brexit messages before a, a, a referendum. You have to ask to 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 what end? What was possibly in it for them. Mm. Was it a dry run for Trump? Yeah. Did they were they just trying to pull some levers? What next? What's the next thing they're gonna do? Um I hope all those bots listen to the podcast. Yeah, so do I. Did, did you see my favourite thing that came out of this uh, this week was uh, there was an an internet site, should we say a website, yeah. um who tried to track down some of these bots and they named the um, Oh yeah yeah. And they named one one particular Russian bot, yeah, um, and another website. I'm I'm not censoring this. I just can't remember the names of these two websites. They Good. weren't like mainstream media. Um, they went and found, looked up this Twitter account, and actually it was just a security guard. Yeah, from it was Bolton. a bloke. That's right. Yeah, yes. It <laughs> and was, he yeah. said, "I spend a lot of time standing at the gate, and Twitter helps pass the time." <laughs> He was just a Brexiteer. He was just a. It was just yeah. He was just a postman. Was he from Scotland? He was yes. That he was, was. He was from Glasgow. That's, that's right. right. He yeah, was yeah. very funny. He was good. Well, I, listen. He was good. Putin has has beefed up in response to America. Um, yeah. Putting Russia Today on their foreign agents list. He's yes. He's passed some laws hastily. Passed some laws this week. Suggesting that you know, not suggesting, making sure that foreign foreign media, any foreign funded media, could be put on the foreign agents list, and I would really like to be on that list. Yeah, I, me too. I have if written, you're listening, yeah, I've written in the Vlad. paper. When I go to Moscow, yeah, it's for the purposes of spying on on Russia. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I I can say that you, now. You love spying with all true. I am I am a journalist. Yeah. Second, second, I am a spy international first. man of mystery. First, that's true. And you're, some you're, of those secrets, Vlad, I've got about you. You don't think that I don't know about those vases in that lake, Keith vases in the lake. <laughs> I know about those vases, <laughs> and I'm willing to. I can blow this story yes. to the moon. It's funny that you mention Russia today because they had quite an interesting take on this story. <laughs> yes, go on. No evidence of Russian interference <laughs> in Brexit, yes. Theresa May admits in Parliament. Yes, of course. Uh, Russia today have meddled in our honours system as well. Have they? Yes. Well, they knighted. Oh, they knighted Nigel they knighted Farage. Nigel Farage. So well, man, I think some arise some man frog. Yeah, there's plenty of evidence. Clearly, there is. Um, so, Vlad, if you're listening, if I were you, I would put me and the whole of the New European on that foreign agents list. Absolutely, do it right now. Stay angry, fight Brexit. Subscribe to the New European. Your first 13 issues of the New European are only 13 pounds when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858. 438840 and quoting podcast one, or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry, fight Brexit, subscribe to the New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry. Hello. We're going to look at well that front page. That front page. And what has happened since the Daily Telegraph splashed picture of 15 MPs yeah. under the headline 
under the headline uh, Brexit mutineers. Yeah. All of the fun. Actually, someone on Twitter who I saw quite rightly, I think, pointed out that they're those friendly shots that Tories had done, weren't they, that yeah. they used. That they look yeah. a bit like they're in an M&S fashion <laughs> advert. <laughs> they do. Um, it looks really nice, It looked actually. quite friendly, didn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, so we've had Crush the Saboteurs, haven't we? We've had Enemies of the People... And now anyone that questions the merits of a hard Brexit is either a collaborator, if you read the mail, or a mutineer, if you read Telegraph. Um, Didn't go down well at all. It didn't. And the story behind that headline is that up to 20 uh, pro-EU Tory MPs, but 15 named in the Telegraph, um, have challenged Theresa May for apparently pandering to hardline Brexiteers, um, who arguably have quite the sway, don't they, in toppling her if they don't do what yeah. she wants and i mean even brexiteers didn't like this no no they didn't and the, the telegraph has you know often been referred to as the conservatives in-house magazine yeah yeah very supportive of the party obviously and, mm-hmm. and, and back brexit but they have annoyed the, the even the brexiteers on this one is they that have. because the is that because it almost gives the remainers and even soft Brexiteers, something to something to push against. You yeah, think? I think there's that, but there's mm-hmm. also the case that it's not it's not like this group of Tory MPs are you know wanting to remain in the EU. They mm. are you know sympathetic, um, but Ken Clark was actually the only one of the group who voted against invoking Article Fifty, yeah, yeah. and that was something that was suggested by um, Chief Whip Julian Smith. He said, you know, these are people that want to remain in the EU. That's not the case. Um, it's more that they're wanting to make sure there's a sensible Brexit, according to them, and not crash out with a possible no deal. They think announcing the precise time we're going to leave the EU is a mistake yes. and actually have harmed negotiations. Um, but, you know, out of all this, there's been quite the backlash, like you say. Anna Subra has called it bullying. Mm. She's actually had to refer quite a few tweets that she's got to the police. Saw that. She's yeah. She spoke about that in the house, didn't she? Yeah. She said five. I imagine there's probably far many more I'm sure now. There are. But... but it's not. It's not just. You're right when you say there are Brexiteers who have said this front page is terrible. But there are some who have agreed that these MPs are doing wrong. There's David Campbell Bannerman. He's a Eurosceptic Tory MP who said that these people were in contempt of democracy. Mm. Um, a Tory councillor in Anna Subri's constituency who voted Remain said, we're all Brexiteers now, mm. which I don't agree with, really. No, neither do the thousand of people who listen to this podcast. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, like I said, there were Brexiteer um, MPs defending their colleagues. Stephen Baker said that they have sincere suggestions to improve the bill and that he respects them for that. Uh, Diane Hannan said that MPs have differing but sincere opinions about Brexit and that it's representative democracy, which I agree with. The Campbell-Bannerman comment was one that particularly annoyed me. Yeah. Um, Because I would say there was was another affront to democracy earlier this week when David Davis said, we are going to have a vote, Mm -hmm. definitely, but it's either this option that we will prepare... Or we crash out. Yeah, it's hardly a meaningful vote, is exactly. it? <laughs> and then trying to wrap it up as such. I mean, that that yeah. that is making Parliament a bystander. Yeah, absolutely. And an affront to democracy. Not not these MPs who are trying to improve a bit of legislature. Yeah. This 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 is MPs. This is democracy <laughs> doing their job. Yeah. And exactly right. This is democracy in action. And I mean, what on out. earth does? What, 
bloody Campbell Bannerman won. Pointing out that we might need a little extra time to secure a deal, um, hardly amounts to treachery, does it? And ministers themselves know it's a silly idea because <clears throat> they've drawn up an amendment that gives them the power to change the departure date. So they agree with this. Um, and Theresa May even said it herself that it was right to have these debates. Yes. It's a disgrace, frankly. Yeah, it is. We it don't is. want to sound like Liz Trust, but this is a <laughs> disgrace. And and back to Campbell Bannerman. He's right. annoyed me now. <laughs> because he, what he actually wants, what he's actually asking for, is a dictatorship. Yeah. Whereby, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, whereby the Brexiteers say, this is what we're going to do. Oh, and we all fall into line. Yes. Sorry, I'll, no, it's ca- all right. I'll calm it's down. Right. It's Susie, right. you that gets angry. It is, it is. Um... I don't know if it's in the mail as well. They've been around and yeah, uh, yeah. spoken to people in the constituencies of all these uh, apparent mutineers. So they've listed all the vote, all the leave percentages from each of the constituencies. Mm. And I think that's a bit of a false economy because they're presenting it as if these MPs have drastically gone against the will of their constituents. But all these votes, like the national one, were extremely close. Yes. but <laughs> They're all in the low 50% mark. Um in Anna Seary's constituency, it was 50.3%, the same in Nicky Morgan's. I think what the what the media sometimes are guilty of, mm-hmm. and are guilty of in this situation, is simplifying yes. what, what's actually happening here. Happy to hold my hands up. I've simplified things in the past <laughs> and will do again. But this isn't about going against the will of their constituents. This no. is about... This is about trying to to get the most make the most sense out of the particular position we're in right now by getting the best bill before the house. Absolutely, and I just think it's dangerous to call people who want to get the best, arguably for the country, out as a traitor. And any of the people is absolute madness. Yeah. Do you think that there hasn't been any climb downs or anything from the Telegraph, and wouldn't, wouldn't no, expect no, there to be, but. No. Do, do you think that they maybe behind closed doors are thinking we might have pushed it a bit far? And it was a, you know, there's a lot of rivalry between the officers of the Telegraph in Buckingham Palace Road and the officers, uh, you know, 10 minute drive away on High Street Kensington where yeah. the Daily Mail is. Do you think this is a bit of one upmanship? Oh, they called them, <laughs> they called them enemies of the people and saboteurs, so we're going to. Yeah, potentially. I mean, the other, there is a kind of another thread here that. There were whisperings that this list, this 15, were actually released by Downing Street. Mm. So, you know, that's another, you know, web to weave in the tale, isn't it? But it's it's difficult to know, like you say, whether then they did this to one-up someone like the male or if it came direct from Downing Street. Yeah. I can't quite fathom why number 10 would leak it, other than there being, other than the obvious, that they're <laughs> petrified of losing a vote. But I don't think that this... Now, I think that this will empower, in fact, people to, to rebel rather than to shut them up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But then again, their uh, ploys haven't really gone their way in the past, so who knows? No, well, it's been a strange week for number 10. Mm. Uh, I, I think the exit date thing is a complete, utter, utterly ludicrous, yeah. utterly ludicrous thing to do. And it was told to me as uh, Theresa May trying to, trying to get power back again, but... Actually, she's just going to lose more. She is. I mean, we all know it's going to be a right down to the wire thing anyway. And, you know, the EU's position on this is nothing's agreed until everything's agreed. And so setting ourselves that final kind of deadline, I think, just puts so much pressure on. It's just stupid. Yeah. 
also, what what do we think then, finally, that the headlines are going to be in the Mail and the Telegraph and the Express, I guess, when it is announced, probably in the next few weeks, how much we're, we're going to stump up for the divorce bill? I mean, the Express will tell us that it's going to give us all Alzheimer's. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. uh, yeah, the Brexit linked to Diana's death. Absolutely. Um, oh, what do we think the headlines are going to be? They're going to be furious. Yeah, they're going to they're going to be caricatures of themselves. I think at that stage. I, yeah, they're not going to be happy, and I think really they'll weaken Theresa May even more. Quite possibly, but she she is a f- she is good friends with Paul Dirk. She course. is. She is. Went to his party, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Jerry, an absolute pleasure. Let's uh, let's keep in touch with the uh, the Brexit press because they offer us so much fun, don't they? They do, they do. Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back, Steve. It's time for Brexiteer of the week. Rich pickings once again as we crown the worst Brexiteer of the week. Let's start with Bill Etheridge. Bill Etheridge is a uh, West Midlands MEP, failed UKIP leadership candidate. And back in 2015, he had to apologise. He issued a grovelling apology uh, when he repeated Enoch Powell's warning that multiculturalism was going to lead to rivers of blood. At the time, Bill Etheridge said, I have been extremely naive. Now, he's tried to reinvent himself, and Bill has just (laughs) launched... The Indigo Group, he's the chairman of it. It is described as a collective for like-minded individuals which believes in promoting libertarian values in a world that's being increasingly shaped by the state. He launched a new policy initiative uh, for this on Tuesday, November the 14th. Where did he launch it? He launched it in a room at the Burlington Hotel in Birmingham. What famous speech... (laughs) Was, was made at the Burlington <laughs> Hotel in Birmingham. It was Enoch yeah, Powell's right. Rivers of Blood speech 49 years earlier. Well done, Bill. I've been extremely naive, I'm sure he would say, about that yes. hotel booking. <laughs> Leo McKinstry. He, here is another unfamiliar name. Uh, Leo McKinstry is a Labour councillor. He used to be a, a Harriet Harman uh, side person, I think. Uh, and he has reinvented himself. He's now an express columnist. He used to write for the Telegraph. Yeah. He writes a load of immigration bashing nonsense. Anyway, he's been a very shrill Brexiteer in the very shrill uh, express. Uh, and this week he wrote uh, this: "The hour of freedom is fast approaching. We are just past the halfway point on our journey to independence." The alliance of Ramonas and Eurocrats still refuses to accept this outcome. Intimidation, fear-mongering and obstruction are their weapons. National surrender is their goal. It is the Ramona EU nexus which is the real menace. It's quite extraordinary, isn't Stirring, it? Stirring, I thought. If, when you're a columnist, I think one of the first rules of being a columnist is that if, you can, if, you, if your column can be read out in the voice of a Dalek, <laughs> and it sounds really scary, yeah. then you should try and rewrite it. Yes, I think that's a good So point. I met a Dalek last night in the pub, and I got him to read this <laughs> out. And this is Leo McKinstry's uh, column from November the 13th, read out by a Dalek. The hour of freedom is fast approaching. We are just past the halfway point on our journey to independence. 
The alliance of Ramonas and Eurocrats still refuses to accept this outcome. Intimidation, fear-mongering and obstruction are their weapons. National surrender is their goal. It is the Ramona EU nexus which is the real menace. Exterminate! Exterminate! So, Leo McKinstry there. Extraordinary. That's excellent. He wrote that with his... I think he must have written that with his little plunger arm, Leo McKinstry, or maybe with his... <laughs> or maybe with a... He put a pencil in his little gun stick and wrote what? it that way. I think we should read out Leo's column and get your Dalek friend well, to read it out every week. It depends whether he's in the pub, obviously. Well, quite. Um, it's usually just Cybermen in there on yes. the, before we, on the night we record this. The Brexiteer of the <laughs> Week, however... <laughs> And Slitheve. <laughs> I don't know any other Doctor Who baddies, I'm afraid. I'm not a Whovian. Anyway, Brexiteer of the Week is Nigel Farage. Now, so much. We, 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 could, have, we could have talked about Nigel Farage being the Brexiteer of the Week because he, he said that the, the World Health Organisation were just a bunch of do-gooders, didn't he? Yes, like nurses and doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the World Health Organisation who've eradicated smallpox. Do-gooders. And, and have reduced the incidences of polio by 99% in the last 20 years while he's been marching up and down on question time, yeah. looking like a nicotine-stained man-frog. Anyway... Brexiteer of the Week, Nigel Farage, for a completely different reason, and this is because his former mistress, Annabel Fuller, has told all to the Mail on Sunday. Uh, we've got his, I've got some of his seduction techniques here. He slipped Careful. Into, I, have, you, have you eaten recently? <laughs> I just don't want to be seduced. Through, no, OK. The power of Nigel emanating through you. I'm, okay. gonna take a, I'm just going to step back a little. All right, so... Well, he basically, um, he got Annabelle Fuller into bed in the first place by saying that she could sleep on his sofa bed and then when she got back to his flat he didn't have a sofa bed. But she said she <laughs> wanted to sleep with him, so that's all right. Okay. It, it, right, so come and stay on my sofa bed. Oh, whoops! And then he went, oh, oh, oh I don't have a sofa where, bed. Where is it? Yeah, he was even looking exactly. around, where did I put that sofa bed? He slipped into bed wearing a white T-shirt and white Y-fronts. Right. As Is you'd imagine, good now? British underwear. <laughs> what is wrong with that? And then he whispered that my arse looked amazing in the moonlight. That's Annabelle yes. Fuller's arse, not my <laughs> own arse, which frankly does look amazing in the moonlight. Uh, and then he told her that they, she should say nothing of their affair in order to save Brexit, which is something that... I don't know. How many men up and down the country are, are trying that right many now? A Boris Johnson, husband, perhaps. Many a cheating husband have used that one to keep the mistress quiet. Well, there's something that has troubled me. Well, there's lots of things that have troubled <laughs> yes, me about yes. this story. Um, but the thing that's troubled me the most is, did he have the curtains open? Because for the moonlight to shine in on Annabelle's derriere... Oh, he must have done, yeah. So Nigel Farage sleeps with the curtains open. Oh, wow. Shall we move on to... Their spring 2016 encounter, it might have been their last. This affair rumbled on for years and years and years. Yeah, almost a decade. And there are, you know, I don't want to make light of the of the, the troubles, that, the personal troubles that Annabelle Fuller was talking about in, in, in this article. Um, she's, she's obviously been through a really bad time. She said that... She's very polite. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you know her a little bit. Well, no, no, I wouldn't go that far. But she, she, I've spoken to her when I've had to speak to Nigel over the years, and she was always very polite and very helpful. Yes, so, good wishes to you, Annabelle, from the New European podcast. From the New European, yes. She said that in spring 2016, she met up with Nigel Farage in an MEP's office in Brussels. Uh, I'm quoting here. He was lying on the sofa and he said he was horny. 
Oh. He, asked, he asked me to give him a hand massage, which, oh. was, which was followed by me performing a sex act on him. Which one? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but isn't this just another example of Nigel Farage going to the EU Parliament and watching somebody else do all the work? So for that reason alone, Nigel Farage is the Brexiteer of the week. And also, he's a man-frog, nicotine-stained man-frog, and he's a f- We're not sure if he's a wanker or not, though, are we? <laughs> not really, no. So we asked you, the listener, again this week to interact with us, and we asked you what buddy movies would star Mr Gove and Mr Johnson. Yes. These ones are from Facebook. Tim Joyce, the bad and the ugly. Nothing good about that pair, he says. Chris... Horsey, Loose Cannons, or Brokeback Mountain? Brokeback Mountain. Oh. I just uh, can't quit you. Watching go the ghost are saying that. We've gone I from wish Ni- I could quit you. We've but... gone from Nigel and his moonlit bottom fetishes yes. to me thinking about Boris and... Anyway. Um, Kev Green, The Muppet Movie. That's a good one. Rob Roderick Zabrocki. I'm sure I've spelt that wrong. Or you're a Russian bot. <laughs> yeah, it could be, yeah. I'm sure you're not, Robin. Thanks very much for this. Army of Darkness. Good. Morris Rafferty, Apocalypse Now. It's not really buddy movies, well, not are buddy they? movies, no. Um, but Apocalypse Now, quite potentially. Uh, Kristen Hussey. Oh, I wonder if Kristen is uh, is related to Chris, or indeed is another Russian bot. The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah. There's a lot of Muppet-related ones, aren't there? Yes. Brendan Sace. Referendum and referenduma. That is That's very good. Someone is, finally got it. That is that, is that is a very good That's one. A good one. We've got some from Twitter here as well. Oliver Mason says that in Germany, Laurel and Hardy... Do you know what Laurel and Hardy were called in Germany? Michael and Boris. Dick und Doof. Oh, really? Which means thick and stupid. So he says that would do nicely for them. But I like Dick and Doof. It sounds Dick good. Doof. Dick and Doof. So wait a minute. What a di- so Dick in German means? Thick. And Doof means oh stupid. God. I used to spend quite a lot of time in Germany. And I'm known... In, As a dick. In some... <laughs> it, I am known to some... Friends as Dick or oh, Dickie. Of course, Dickie Porritt. So the Germans. So there you go. Thicky, nah, yeah, old Thicky Porritt. <laughs> Darren Leithley says, uh, with Null and I, we've, we've won a referendum by mistake, which I think is quite funny. <laughs> He's always good. He, he is good. Richard Milne is ch- channeling the, the John Lewis ad, I think, with Boz the Monster and Govus the Troll. Uh, and then, as I was looking through these... On Twitter, I came across the name of Professor Colin Talbot. He is an academic and journalist and the Emeritus Professor of Government and Research Associate at the University of Cambridge. And he says... Sounds important. Really? This is a puerile level of debate suitable Uh for a primary school. Uh Please grow up and stop demeaning the case for Remain with such nonsense. This is stupid. Well, I've got something to say to him. Yeah, he was followed up by Dave Robinson, who said so much of this debate is purine and unhelpful. Well, Dave, I'm going to be unhelpful, but there isn't such a word as purine, is there? Okay, uh. I, Professor Colin Tolbert I, I, and Dave, I, I respect your views. While it is purine and unhelpful, <laughs> purine sounds. Like I will read the last three, uh, which and Professor Colin and Dave, you can shut your ears if you like and and think about reason debate. The last three. Neil Osborne says in, uh, Boris and Gove should star in Inglorious Bastards, 
Frognescouser, probably not his real name, says Boris and Go should star in <laughs> Club. And Rick Hall, Jester, says Lockstock and two <laughs> idiots. <laughs> club. <laughs> club. First that rule of <laughs> Club. <laughs> that was the club I didn't join at university. You can follow me, Steve Anglesey. I'm on Twitter at Anglesey. S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. The New European is at the New European. And you are at... Porritz. P-O-R-R-I-T. And please like this podcast on Audio B and please leave lovely reviews on iTunes. Good. And send gifts? Yeah, absolutely. That was the New European Podcast. Another one is in the books. Thank you very much for listening. Buy the paper. There's tons and tons and tons of stuff in it. Not just politics and Brexit. Culture, sport, literature, art, fashion, food. All kinds of great things. It's £2. It's on sale now. Go and get it. Until next week, here is Mr Campbell and his famous bagpipes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.